Welcome to the Legal Toolkit, bringing you the latest legal trends and business initiatives to help you manage your law firm. Here are your hosts, experienced lawyers, writers, and entrepreneurs, Heidi Alexander and Jared Correa. You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Welcome to a new episode of the Legal Toolkit here on the Legal Talk Network. I'm your host, Heidi Alexander. I'm also a law practice advisor with Massachusetts LOMAP. LOMAP provides free and confidential law practice management consulting services to Massachusetts attorneys. For more information on LOMAP's offerings, visit our website at masslomap.org. So this month, you've got me as your trusted host, and next month, my co-host, Jared Correa, will be back with you. From here on out, Jared and I will be on the Legal Toolkit each month with a new tool to add to your own Legal Toolkit so that your practices will become more and more like best practices. And this episode of the Legal Toolkit is no different. Today, we're we're going to talk about the home-based law practice. And joining me now is Kelly Proya. Kelly is an IP attorney, entrepreneur, and avid blogger. Kelly had a career as an in-house intellectual property counsel at high-tech companies before starting her own firm, IP in Focus, and also developing a related educational tool for entrepreneurs and startups, which is called IP Made Simple. In addition to her legal ventures, Kelly has created a blog that's devoted to women attorneys working to build their own practices from their home, just as she has done. Kelly's blog aims to support a community of professionals pursuing their legal careers while enjoying a healthy work-life balance. Her blog is called Stay at Home Attorney, and that's at as an ampersand. So as someone who's made it work herself, we'll discuss today with Kelly some of the best practices for working from home and how to balance work and life demands. So welcome to the show, Kelly. Oh, thank you so much for having me on today, Heidi. Right. So let's get started here. You know, many new solo attorneys are opting to work from their homes. Based on your experience, can you talk about the initial considerations for selecting a home-based practice? Well, for me, it came down to three things. It came down to time, money, and family. If you look at the time, um, how much time am I going to devote to this practice? Is this a part-time, full-time, or an 80-hour-a-week gig? So when I made the decision to work from home, for me, it was part-time. So uh, now I work from home full-time, five days a week. But at the beginning, it was only two days a week to start. So um, did that really require a commitment and warrant a rent payment? And for me, the answer was no. So, you know, how much money was I willing to spend on the practice? Um, because it was only two days a week, I wanted to make some money and not spend that money. So, um, so again, the rent payment was just not really an option for me. And lastly, I had to look at how working from home was going to impact my family. And for me, it was all about maximum flexibility so I could still be a hands-on mother. Um, and I actually started my law practice with my 18-month-old at home full-time. So that was a challenge in and of itself. But if you know, others are thinking of starting a home-based practice, they really should ask themselves those same questions. 
And the money consideration is pretty obvious. Um, If you can eliminate a rent payment and all the other expenses that go with the standalone office, that's a huge savings every month. But really think about how will me working these hours at the kitchen table impact my family? Can I separate my work from my life so that it all works well together? And if you have a family at home, uh, a spouse and older children, I strongly recommend that you, know, you have a conversation with them to discuss this decision that you're making and what it means for the family. And having them on board makes a lot of difference and it can really um, help you uh, or it can make or break you basically. So, um, and you need to set expectations for your spouse and your family. So just because you're at home doesn't make you the chef, the maid, the chauffeur, unless you decide that that's what you want. Um, for a lot of people, all of a sudden, you know, when one spouse starts working from home, it's, oh, well, you're home, so why isn't dinner on the table and why isn't the house cleaned yet? Well, it's because you were working all day. But sometimes it's hard for the other party to see that because you were physically home. So for me, myself, working from home has been an extremely positive thing. Um, it is what has allowed me to be the wife, the mother, and the attorney that I really want to be. And I really couldn't imagine going back into an office right now. But there are always trade-offs. So I would say working from home is not for everyone. So if you start working from home, it's important also to monitor whether or not it's actually working for you. So you can always, you know, start from working from home and then make a decision to, you know, to find office space if it's not working. Well, Kelly, those are those are excellent points. Uh, I, I think I, I agree that, you know, it, you really do need everyone to be on board. And so I think it is important to sit down with everyone. You know, one of the things that you did allude to was the the money issue. And uh, in terms of what you need to do when you're thinking about starting your, your home-based practice, you know, one of the things we counsel our clients on is uh, setting a budget. So when you started, uh, when you decided to start your home-based practice, what, what steps did you take to get up and running? Well, for me personally, um, setting up a, a home-based practice is relatively easy. First, I, you, know, you should choose what area of the law you're going to practice. Um, and for me, having been an IP attorney for 10 years, I already knew what I was going to do. So I chose a name for the firm, bought the domain, which is, you know, I think I paid 10.95 or something for it, and I started a free blog on WordPress.com. My biggest investments have been in my laptop, uh, my printer scanner, my smartphone, and the related bill that comes with it, and um, the setup for my website because I actually hired somebody to help me do the website. Um, I use Gmail for my email. Um, I have invested some time in social media. I use Twitter and LinkedIn. Uh, I also see the value in Facebook and Google+, although I haven't used them myself. Um, And, you know, once you start getting clients and collecting fees, you have to make sure that you have the right bank accounts and tax ID numbers and really always be in compliance with your state rules when it comes to these things. Um, You know, at first, you can probably keep track of your client's information on an informal system, like, you know, use a spreadsheet, Excel or something. 
Um, but I would recommend that as your practice grows, you really should consider a contact management system. Um, there are some free ones. Zoho is one that I'm actually considering right now, but, you know, there are others that are obviously fee-based. Um, um, you have to also decide, are you going to go paperless or do you need to store physical files somewhere? In my practice, as paperless as possible. So, you know, I have to make sure that I have backup systems and everything is protected from my electronic files, which I know in Massachusetts there are rules around some of that too. So, um, and then when I first started, I basically just worked at my kitchen table in our small condo. And uh, when my husband and I really decided that we were going to buy a bigger place, we made sure that the house was big enough to accommodate a separate office space for me. And this is something I think is really important if you can swing it to have a dedicated office space. It makes a big difference in your psyche when you can walk into a real office rather than setting up shop at the dining room table. Um, and I've had the you know, opportunity to personalize my office, paint it, you know, make it my personal space. So. You know, when I come in here, um, it really just feels like a real office to me. I don't feel like I'm working from home. And for me, that makes a, a big difference. That's great, Kelly. We've actually done a series of blog posts on how to get your practice online at our blog, uh, masslomap.org. You can look for website essentials. Uh, and I've also written on contact management systems. Uh, that's also on our blog. And one of those uh, systems that Kelly mentioned, Zoho was one of those that I reviewed there. So Kelly, what have you found to be the most rewarding aspects of having a home-based practice? And, and, and also, what have been the most challenging aspects? For me, the most rewarding aspect by far is the time I get to spend with my family. Um, if I didn't have my daughter, my career would be very, very different. Um, I started my career in-house, um, and I definitely would still be in-house somewhere. But, uh, you know, when you have children, your priorities change. And now most days from 4 o'clock on, it's family time. We have dinner together practically every night. We read, play, and just spend time together. And, um, you know, I can chaperone her field trips, be at home with her when she's sick, and I have no guilt at all. Um, I don't have to spend hours in the car trying to make it home to make dinner, pick her up from daycare or from school. It's just really um, a quality of life booster for me. And the most challenging aspect of working from home for me is definitely distraction. <laughs> uh, when I first started, I was easily distracted. Um, and a word to the wise, don't turn on the TV in the morning. I can't tell you how many times, like, I was by myself, you know, sucked into the Today Show, and it would be 9 o'clock, and I'm still sitting there on the couch, and, you know, nothing's getting done. So I would also recommend uh, don't worry about the dishes or the laundry during work hours. You know, this is, I've had, I've struggled with because, you know, you're, you're at home, you see these, you know, the dishes, the laundry, things are piling up. Oh, if only I had just spent five minutes you know, doing that and cleaning up that. And, you know, that adds up and you end up, um, you know, not working. You know, you know, an hour goes by and you haven't worked. You've just done the housework. So, um, as I said, I still struggle with this one. So it's, um, it's definitely my, my biggest uh, challenge. I've actually heard of some uh, home-based practitioners getting up in the morning and putting on a suit as if they're going to work. 
uh, as as one way to to help out with with that sort of distraction piece. There's other attorneys that I've spoken with that have found, uh, you know, being a solo attorney can be quite isolating at times. And, and I suppose that that is actually exacerbated in a home-based environment. So do you have any tips for attorneys to help prevent this sort of isolation or, or tips on, on how to deal with it? <laughs> well, actually, I don't have this problem. Um, my husband also works from home. So he works in a spare bedroom upstairs, and I work in my office on the ground floor. So we have lunch together most days. When the weather's nice, we go for a walk after lunch. And I have to admit, that's pretty awesome. So um, we, I don't really suffer from the loneliness aspect. And, um, and my husband is super disciplined, so he's a really good role model for me. He can just get to work at 8 o'clock in the morning and work straight up to five with no distractions. So that helps me a lot. Um, but I would suggest to attorneys who are working by themselves to get out of the office when you have the opportunity, uh, whether it's working from Panera or Starbucks one day a week. Um, if you need to meet with clients, go to their place of business or offer to make house calls. Uh, find a breakfast or lunchtime networking group to attend. I know like B&I in my area, there's something called SBR, Service by Referral. Um, they have breakfast and lunch meetings weekly. It's a nice way to get out and meet people, talk to people. Um, if you don't have anything like that in your, your area, um, start a network of local solo attorneys. Uh, this is great for networking, getting referrals, and you now are a leader in your legal community. That, I think, is really important. And uh, if you can, actively, actively engage others on social media. Um, it's not the same as being in person with somebody, but it still gives you an interaction if you really use social media the way it was meant to be used. Like on Twitter, you know, just don't post something. You know, respond to somebody's tweet and you know, start a dialogue. And you know, that introduces you to the community. It gets your name out there, and, you know, it can break through that isolation. You're not the only one. And um, I know this can take some effort because it's a lot easier to sit at your desk and do the work, but it's worth it to combat that lonely feeling. And if you do it right, you can really grow your practice. Kelly, those are some great tips for our listeners. Unfortunately, we need to take a quick break here. And when we return, we'll be back with Kelly Proya, uh, owner of IP in Focus, creator of IP Made Simple, and blogger at The Stay-at-Home Attorney. So this is normally the space in our show when we offer words from our sponsors, and this potentially represents a unique opportunity for you. The Legal Toolkit is seeking sponsors. You can hear your advertisement right here. If you're interested, contact the team at logical at info at logical.com. We're glad you're listening to Legal Talk Network. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, too. Welcome back to the second half of our program. Today, we're joined by Kelly Proya owner of IP and Focus, creator of IP Made Simple, and blogger at the stay-at-home attorney. Kelly, your practice involves primarily IP work. Do you think that certain practice areas are more conducive than others for a home-based office? 
Well, you know, you have to actually look at why do you need an office in the first place? Uh, Well, you need a place to do your work and a place to meet with clients. So unless you go to court, you can do most of the work from home. But if you need to meet with clients on a regular basis, that's a little different. Um, Would I want them to come to my home? If I was a criminal defense attorney, the answer would be no. Um, Or do I have the option to meet at a neutral location like a restaurant or their place of business? I have corporate clients, so I go to them. So it really, you know, working from home, I simply do the work here. I meet clients, you know, elsewhere. Um, But that's something you really do have to take into consideration. So I think a lot of the transactional areas of the law really do work best for working from home. But the key, at least for me, would be how often I would have to meet with clients. That's great, Kelly. You know, earlier in the show, you you did mention technology and the use of technology in your practice. So I I suspect that there are a number of ways that technology can help attorneys that practice from their homes. Um, Can can you talk about that a bit? And are there any specific pieces of technology in particular that you would recommend to attorneys? Uh, For me, in my practice, mobile technology is pretty important. Uh, I have both an iPad and an iPhone, and they really make my life a lot easier. And, you know, now my work phone, which is my my iPhone, comes with me everywhere. So I'm not a big technology user in the sense that I don't really have many special apps on my iPad that make me more productive or anything. But, um, you know, I was looking at the ones I do have, and I guess Evernote, Uh, which is a way to store and retrieve articles and items you find on the internet. They call it the trapper keeper of, uh, for for we who grew up in the 80s, um, you know, to store various bits of information and and recollect them when you need them. And I also just downloaded an app called Instapaper, and that allows you to bookmark web pages so you can read them later. And if anyone's like me, like, I'll see, you know, a great title of an article, but I don't have time to read it. So I try to, you know, email it to myself so I can read it later. But this is just a way that you can automatically bookmark it. So it creates a little newspaper for you. So when you have time, you can read those things that you didn't get a chance to earlier in the day. But, um, like, some of the things I use daily are I definitely use Google. Uh, you know, I've mentioned I use Gmail, I use Calendar, I use Google Patents, Google Search. Um, I also use WordPress, uh, the free blogging site, and you know, you can easily—it's an easy way to build a website for yourself. I had help with my initial website setup, but now I can maintain, make changes, and I mean, I've set up uh, another separate blog, stay-at-home attorney blog, all by myself through uh, through WordPress. Um, And one of the things that I've done that has really helped me become a better blogger and has made a huge difference in my practice, um, and it's not necessarily technology related, but it's that I hired someone to teach me how to write less like a lawyer. I know that sounds funny because lawyers typically can write pretty well, um, but, you know, writing in a lawyeristic fashion versus writing for content, blogging, marketing, they're very different skills. So, and that's all about communicating with people. So, um, you know, I hired somebody to help me relearn how how to write. And, um, you know, that's the thing. You can be the best lawyer, but if you can't say it well, people won't stick around to read what you wrote. So, 
Um, one of the things that I've learned in my practice is that you can have all the tools, but if you don't know how to use them properly, they won't help you. Um, you can have the best technology, the best of everything, and it really just won't work for you. So I always recommend that lawyers learn marketing and sales skills. I read business books, marketing blogs, sales you know, information. I'm constantly learning about the business side of my practice, and I use that technology that I have to spread my message. But if I didn't have anything to say, it doesn't matter what technology I use. So um, there's, you know, technology can only take you so far in your practice. Lots of great tips there. Wow. One pitch I will make is for a book called iPad Apps in One Hour. And uh, that's actually published by the Law Practice Management section of the American Bar Association. It's a a good book for for those of you using uh, iPads and, and iPhones in your practices. So while there are many attorneys like yourself that are doing the work from home and and they're they're prospering just like you, you know, there are traditional folks out there that don't really like the idea of an attorney not having an office and and may not take home-based attorneys seriously. I'm wondering if you've dealt with this perception and if so, how how do you combat it or, you know, how would you suggest that others combat it? Well, there will always be those people who want and expect the traditional, the way things have always been approached. And I simply say, good for them. If that matters to you, go find the attorney that you feel is right for you, and I wish you well. Um, Because I know they aren't my ideal clients. If they don't get what I'm doing, it's not worth trying to convince them that I'm the right fit for them. There's too many fish in the sea to, to deal with that. And um, I also look at my husband who works in sales for a large $85 billion company. His customers have never once questioned the fact that he works from home, um, as does the majority of the company's sales force. So why is it such a big deal for lawyers? What, you know, is there this professional mystique that we have to try to keep up? Are we less professional because we work from home? I think a lot of people, you know, maybe think so, but, you know, I can still put out best quality work. Um, you know, I'm never going to meet a client wearing pajamas and slippers. So, I mean, it really shouldn't be that big a deal. And I also think a lot of people today are starting to understand the whole work from home thing because so many people today do, in fact, work from home. Uh, the Great Recession really changed a lot of notions about what it means to work in general. And there's a whole generation coming up who readily accept the idea of working from anywhere. I mean, I follow people who work from, from the beach, who work from foreign countries, who work, you know, they work on the road. They work everywhere. So with technology, uh, the Internet, social media, we have this ability to be more effective and efficient from home. And um, a great book, if I could recommend one, is um, The Free Agent Nation, which is The Future of Working for Yourself by Dan Pink. Um, I am a big fan of all of his books. But this, in this one, he talks a lot about the end of the traditional corporate model as we know it and how we are going to become a nation of independent contractors basically working for ourselves. And I think we see it happening in all industries, including the law. Um, you know, we as lawyers sometimes think of ourselves as this separate profession, you know, but we're, we're an industry, we're a business and, you know, we need to adapt to the times just like everybody else. 
And what's interesting about Dan Pink is that he actually went to law school but never practiced law. So maybe he knows something we don't. But um, my real advice is don't let these naysayers run your practice or your career. You have to put your truth out there into the world and the right clients will find you. Those are all great points. And I I have not had a chance to read that book, uh, but I certainly will pick it up. So I'm going to take a bit of a different turn with this last question here. In her book, Lean In, Sheryl Sandberg makes the observation that the term work-life balance makes it seem like work and life are polar opposites. And I understand that one of the reasons you chose to have a home office is because you have a young child. So how does work and life play out in a home-based practice? Do you find that there's more of a, a melding of the work and life or do you, do you still need to balance the two? First off, I don't believe in work-life balance. Um, as Susie Welch says, balance is a myth. Uh, when it comes to conflicts between your work and your personal time, you're going to always have to make trade-offs. So for her, it's about choices. And that's the same for me. You know, if I want to be a partner in big law, I'm going to have to devote more time and energy to my work than my life. Um, and that just goes without saying, you know, you want to be CEO of a company, you can't spend your days at home. You have to be there running a company. So, um, you know, I could go back in house and work crazy hours and travel the world like I did before I had my daughter. Uh, I would make a heck of a lot more money, but I would have to give something up that I'm really just not willing to give up right now. And that's the time with my five-year-old. And that's my trade-off. Um, I chose to change my career path to accommodate my family because that matters more to me than, than the other. So, um, you know, I love it. I'm not saying it's easy. Uh, when my daughter was 18 months old and I was trying to work two days a week with her at home, it was very difficult. But I would never have become an entrepreneur but for my daughter. So um, I can only speak to my situation, but I go to great lengths now not to actually blend my work and my life. I try to make sure I work when my daughter is at school from 8 to 4, Monday through Friday, and I spend the time when she's home with her. Unless I have a nighttime networking meeting, uh, we basically always eat dinner together. I rarely work on the weekends, and that's my choice. You know, I have a close relationship with my husband, my family. I have a smart, happy child. And I have to admit, as busy as I am sometimes, I'm not stressed and I don't have any guilt. So, um, you know, I've made this choice for me. It works for me. And it really does make me happy. So, you know, that's really where I'm at right now. That's great, Kelly. It's, it's really nice to hear how well you've, you've made it work for yourself. You know, I've really enjoyed having you on the show, but unfortunately, it looks like we've reached the end of another episode of the Legal Toolkit. So remember, though, that you can check out all of our shows anytime you'd like at thelegaltalknetwork.com. And thanks so much to our guest, Kelly Proya of IP in Focus, IP Made Simple, and the stay-at-home attorney for taking the time to drop by our virtual studio. Kelly, if any of the listeners would like to find out more about you and what you do, how would they go about doing so? You know, they could check out my, my websites, my blogs. Um, it's www.ipandfocus.com, ipmadesimple.com. And right now, the stay-at-home attorney, it should be the stay-at-home attorney. It should be stayathomeapty.com. 
So, um, you know, that's probably the easiest way to, uh, to see what I'm up to and learn more about me and to contact me if need be. Great. Thanks again, Kelly. And thanks to everyone out there for listening. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Legal Toolkit, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join Heidi and Jared for their next podcast, covering the current business trends for law firms. Subscribe to the RSS feed on LegalTalkNetwork.com or in iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the unbillable hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.